Chapter Thirteen of the Italian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty Chris. The Italian by Anne Radcliffe. Chapter Thirteen. Thus sang the unlettered swain to the oaks and rills, while the still morn went forth with sandals gray and now the sun had stretched out all the hills and now was dropped into the western bay milton from the summit of a mountain the morning light shewed the travellers the distant lake of solano gleaming at the feet of other lofty mountains of the apennine far in the south thither vivaldi judged it prudent to direct his course for the lake lay so remote from the immediate way to naples and from the neighbourhood of san stefano that its banks promised a secure retreat he considered also that among the convents scattered along those delightful banks might easily be found a priest who would solemnize their nuptials should elena consent to an immediate marriage the travellers descended among the olive woods and soon after were directed by some peasants at work into a road that leads from aquila to the town of solano one of the very few roads which intrudes among the wild mountains that on every side sequestered the lake as they approached the low grounds the scent of orange blossoms breathed upon the morning air and the spicy myrtle sent forth all its fragrance from among the cliffs which it thickly tusted bowers of lemon and orange spread along the valley and among the cabins of the peasants who cultivated them vivaldi hoped to obtain repose and refreshment for elena the cottages however at which paolo inquired were unoccupied the owners being all gone forth to their labor and the travellers again ascending found themselves soon after among mountains inhabited by the flocks where the scent of the orange was exchanged for the aromatic perfume of the pasturage my senor said paolo is not that a shepherd's horn sounding at a distance if so the senora may yet obtain some refreshment while vivaldi listened a hautboy and a pastoral drum were heard considerably nearer they followed the sound over the turf and came within view of a cabin sheltered from the sun by a tuft of almond trees it was a dairy cabin belonging to some shepherds who at a short distance were watching their flocks and stretched beneath the shade of chestnuts were amusing themselves by playing upon these rural instruments a scene of arcadian manners frequent at this day upon the mountains of abruzzo the simplicity of their appearance approaching to wildness was tempted by a hospitable spirit a venerable man the chief shepherd advanced to meet the strangers and learning their wants conducted them into his cool cabin where cream cheese made of goat's milk honey extracted from the delicious herbage of the mountains and dried figs were quickly placed before them elena overcome with the fatigue of anxiety rather than that of travelling retired when she had taken breakfast for an hour's repose while vivaldi rested on the bench before the cottage and paolo keeping watch discussed his breakfast together with the circumstances of the late alarm under the shade of the almond trees when elena again appeared vivaldi proposed that they should rest here during the intense heat of the day and since he now considered her to be in a place of temporary safety he ventured to renew the subject nearest his heart to represent the evils that might overtake them and to urge an immediate solemnization of their marriage 
thoughtful and dejected, Elena attended for some time in silence to the arguments and pleadings of Vivaldi. She secretly acknowledged the justness of his representations, but she shrunk more than ever from the indelicacy, the degradation of intruding herself into his family, a family, too, from whom she had not only received proofs of strong dislike, but had suffered terrible injustice, and had been menaced with still severer cruelty. These latter circumstances, however, released her from all obligations of delicacy or generosity so far as concerned only the authors of her suffering, and she had now but to consider the happiness of Vivaldi and herself. Yet she could not decide thus precipitately on a subject which so solemnly involved the fortune of her whole life, nor forbear reminding Vivaldi, affectionately, gratefully, as she loved him, of the circumstances which withheld her decision. "'Tell me yourself,' said she, "'whether I ought to give my hand while your family, your mother—' She paused, and blushed, and burst into tears. "'Spare me the view of those tears,' said Vivaldi, "'and a recollection of the circumstances that excite them. Oh, let me not think of my mother while I see you weep.' Let me not remember that her injustice and cruelty destined you to perpetual sorrow. Vivaldi's features became slightly convulsed while he spoke. He rose, paced the room with quick steps, and then quitted it, and walked under the shade of the trees in front of the cabin. In a few moments, however, he commanded his emotion and returned. Again he placed himself on the bench beside Elena, and taking her hand, said solemnly in a voice of extreme sensibility, Elena, you have long witnessed how dear you are to me you cannot doubt my love you have long since promised solemnly promised in the presence of her who is now no more but whose spirit may even at this moment look down upon us of her who bequeathed you to my tenderest care to be mine for ever by these sacred truths by these affecting recollections I conjure you, abandon me not to despair, nor in the energy of a just resentment, sacrifice the son to the cruel and mistaken policy of the mother. You nor I can conjecture the machinations which may be spread for us when it shall be known that you have left San Stefano. If we delay to exchange our vows, I know and I feel that you are lost to me for ever. Elena was affected and for some moments unable to reply. At length, drying her tears, she said tenderly, "'Resentment can have no more influence on my conduct towards you. I think I feel none towards the Marchesa, for she is your mother. But pride, insulted pride, has a right to dictate and ought to be obeyed, and the time is now, perhaps, arrived when, if I would respect myself, I must renounce you.' renounce me interrupted vivaldi renounce me and is it then possible you could renounce me he repeated his eyes still fixed upon her face with eagerness and consternation tell me at once elena is it possible i fear it is not she replied you fear alas if you fear it is too possible and i have lost you already Oh, say, but that you hope it is not, and I too will hope again. The anguish with which he uttered this awakened all her tenderness, and forgetting the reserve she had imposed upon herself, and every half-formed resolution, she said with a smile of ineffable sweetness, I will neither fear nor hope in this instance. 
i will obey the dictates of gratitude of affection and will believe that i can never renounce you while you are unchanged believe repeated vivaldi only believe and why that mention of gratitude and why that unnecessary reservation yet even this assurance feebly as it sustains my hopes is extorted you see my misery and from pity from gratitude not affection would assuage it besides you will neither fear nor hope ah elena did love ever yet exist without fear and without hope oh never never i fear and hope with such rapid transition every assurance every look of yours gives such force either to the one or to the other that i suffer unceasing anxiety why too that cold that heart-breaking mention of gratitude no elena it is too certain that you do not love me my mother's cruelty has estranged your heart from me how much you mistake said elena you have already received sacred testimonies of my regard if you doubt their sincerity pardon me if i so far respect myself as to forbear entreating you will believe them how calm how indifferent how circumspect how prudent exclaimed vivaldi in tones of mournful reproach but i will not distress you forgive me for renewing this subject at this time it was my intention to be silent till you should have reached a place of more permanent security than this but how was it possible with such anxiety pressing upon my heart to persevere in that design and what have i gained by departing from it increase of anxiety of doubt of fear why will you persist in such self-inflictions said elena i cannot endure that you should doubt my affection even for a moment and how can you suppose it possible that i can ever become insensible of yours that i can ever forget the imminent danger you have voluntarily incurred for my release or remembering it can cease to feel the warmest gratitude that is the very word which tortures me beyond all others said vivaldi is it then only a sense of obligation you own for me oh rather say you hate me than suffer me to deceive my hopes with assurances of a sentiment so cold so circumscribed so dutiful as that of gratitude with me the word has a very different acceptation replied elena smiling i understand it to imply all that is tender and generous in affection and the sense of duty which you say it includes is one of the sweetest and most sacred feelings of the human heart ah elena i am too willing to be deceived to examine your definition rigorously yet i believe it is your smile rather than the accuracy of your explanation that persuades me to a confidence in your affection and i will trust that the gratitude you feel is thus tender and comprehensive but i beseech you name the word no more its sound is like the touch of the torpedo i perceive my confidence chilled even when i listen to my own pronunciation of it the entrance of paolo interrupted the conversation who advancing with an air of mystery and alarm said in a low voice signor as i kept watch under the almond trees who should i see mounting up the road from the valley yonder but the two barefooted carmelites that overtook us in the pass of chiari i lost them again behind the woods but i dare say they are coming this way 
for the moment they spy out this dairy hut they will guess something good is to be had here and the shepherds would believe their flocks would all die if i see them coming at this moment emerging from the woods said vivaldi and now they are leaving the road and crossing this way where is our host paolo he is without a little distance signor shall i call him yes replied vivaldi or stay i will call him myself yet if they see me ay signor or for that matter if they see me but we cannot help ourselves now for if we call the host we shall betray ourselves and if we do not call him he will betray us so they must find us out be as it may peace peace let me think a moment said vivaldi while vivaldi undertook to think paolo was peeping about for a hiding-place if occasion should require one call our host immediately said vivaldi i must speak with him he passes the lattice at this instant said elena paolo obeyed and the shepherd entered the cabin my good friend said vivaldi i must entreat that you will not admit those friars whom you see coming this way nor suffer them to know what guests you have they have been very troublesome to us already on the road i will reward you for any loss their sudden departure may occasion you nay for that matter friend said paolo it is their visit only that can occasion your loss begging the signor's pardon their departure never occasioned loss to anybody and to tell you the truth for my master will not speak out we were obliged to look pretty sharply about us while they bore us company or we have reason to think our pockets would have been the lighter they are designing people friend take my word for it banditti perhaps in disguise the dress of a carmelite would suit their purpose at this time of the pilgrimage so be pretty blunt with them if they want to come in here and you will do well when they go to send somebody to watch which way they take and see them clear off or you may lose a stray lamb perhaps the old shepherd lifted up his eyes and hands to see how the world goes said he but thank you maestro for your warning they shall not come within my threshold for all their holy seeming and it's the first time in my life i ever said nay to one of their garb and mine has been a pretty long one as you may guess perhaps by my face how old signor should you take me to be i warrant you will guess short of the matter though <laughs> for on these high mountains i will guess when you have dismissed the travellers said vivaldi after having given them some hasty refreshment without they must almost be at the door by this time dispatch friend if they should fall foul upon me for refusing them entrance said the shepherd you will come out to help me signor for my lads are at some distance vivaldi assured him that they would and he left the cabin paolo ventured to peep at the lattice on what might be going forward without they are gone round to the door signor i fancy said he for i see nothing of them this way if there was but another window what foolish people to build a cottage with no window near the door but i must listen he stepped on tiptoe to the door and bent his head in attention they are certainly spies from the monastery said elena to vivaldi they follow us so closely 
if they were pilgrims it is improbable too that their way should be through this unfrequented region and still more so that they should not travel in a larger party when my absence was discovered these people were sent no doubt in pursuit of me and having met the devotees whom we passed they were enabled to follow our route we shall do well to act upon this supposition replied vivaldi but though i am inclined to believe them emissaries from san stefano it is not improbable that they are only carmelites returning to some convent on the lake of solano i cannot hear a syllable signor said paolo pray do listen yourself and there is not a single chink in this door to afford one consolation well if ever i build a cottage there shall be a window near listen said vivaldi not a single word signor cried paolo after a pause i do not even hear a voice but now i hear steps and they are coming to the door too they shall find it no easy matter to open it though he added placing himself against it ay ay you may knock friend till your arm aches and kick and lay about you no matter for that silence let me know who it is said vivaldi and the old shepherd's voice was heard without they are gone signors said he you may open the door which way did they go asked vivaldi when the man entered i cannot say as to that signor because i did not happen to see them at all and i have been looking all about too why i saw them myself crossing this way from the wood yonder said paolo and there is nothing to shelter them from our view between the wood and this cottage friend added vivaldi what can they have done with themselves for that matter gone into the wood again perhaps said the shepherd Paolo gave his master a significant look, and added, "'It is likely enough, friend, and you may do well upon it if they are lurking there for no good purpose. You will do well to send somebody to look after them. Your flocks will suffer for it else. Depend upon it. They design no good. We are not used to such sort of folks in these parts,' replied the shepherd. "'But if they mean any harm, they shall find we can help ourselves as he concluded he took down a horn from the roof and blew a shrill blast that made the mountains echo when immediately the younger shepherds were seen running from various quarters towards the cottage do not be alarmed friend said vivaldi these travellers mean you no harm i dare say whatever they may design against us but as i think them suspicious persons and should not like to overtake them on the road i will reward one of your lads if you will let them go a little ways towards solano and examine whether they are lurking on that road the old man consented and the shepherds came up one of them received directions from vivaldi and be sure you do not return till you have found them added paolo no master replied the lad and i will bring them safe here you may trust me if you do friend you will get your head broke for your trouble you are only to discover where they are and to watch where they go said paolo vivaldi at length made the lad comprehend what was required of him and he departed while the old shepherd went out to keep guard the time of his absence was passed in various conjectures by the party in the cabin concerning the carmelites vivaldi still inclined to believe they were honest people returning from a pilgrimage but paolo was decidedly against this opinion they are waiting for us on the road you may depend on it signor said the latter 
you may be certain that they have some great design in hand or they would never have turned their steps from this dairy house when once they had spied it and that they did spy it we are sure but if they have in hand the great design you speak of paolo said vivaldi it is probable that they have spied us also by their taking this obscure road now it must have occurred to them when they saw a dairy hut in so solitary a region that we might probably be found within yet they have not examined it appears therefore they have no design against us what can you answer to this paolo i trust the apprehensions of signora di rosalba are unfounded why do you suppose signor they would attack us when we were safe housed and had these good shepherds to lend us a helping hand no signor they would not even have shown themselves if they could have helped it and being once sure we were here they would skulk back to the woods and lurk for us in the road they knew we must go since as it happens there is only one how is it possible said elena that they can have discovered us here since they did not approach the cabin to inquire they came near enough for their purpose signor i dare say and if the truth were known they spied my face looking at them through the lattice come come said vivaldi you are an ingenious tormentor indeed paolo do you suppose they saw enough of thy face last night by moonlight in that dusky glen to enable them to recollect it again at a distance of forty yards revive my elena i think every appearance is in our favor would i could think so too said she with a sigh oh for that matter senor rejoined paolo there is nothing to be afraid of they should find tough work of it if they thought proper to attack us lady it is not an open attack that we have to fear replied elena but they may surround us with their snares and defy resistance however vivaldi might accede to the truth of this remark he would not appear to do so but tried to laugh away her apprehensions and paolo was silenced for a while by a significant look from his master the shepherd's boy returned much sooner than they had expected and he probably saved his time that he might spare his labor for he brought no intelligence of the carmelites i looked for them among the woods along the roadside in the hollow yonder too said the lad and then i mounted the hill further on but i could see nothing of them far or near nor of a single soul except our goats and some of them do stray wide enough sometimes they lead me a fine dance often they sometimes signor have wandered as far as monte nuvola yonder and go to the top of it up among the clouds and the crags where i should break my neck if i climbed and the rogues seem to know it too for when they have seen me coming scrambling up pussing and blowing they have ceased their capering and stood peeping over a crag so fly and so quiet it seemed as if they were laughing at me as much to say catch us if you can vivaldi who during the latter part of this speech had been consulting with elena whether they should proceed on their way immediately asked the boy some further questions concerning the carmelites and becoming convinced that they had either not taken the road to Salano, or having taken it, were at a considerable distance, he proposed setting out and proceeding leisurely. For I have now little apprehension of these people, he added, and a great deal lest night should overtake us before we reach the place of our destination, since the road is mountainous and wild, and further we are not perfectly acquainted with it. 
Elena approving the plan, they took leave of the good shepherd, who could with difficulty be prevailed with to accept any recompense for his trouble, and who gave them some further directions as to the road, and their way was long cheered by the sound of the tabor and the sweetness of the hot-boy wafted over the wild. When they descended into the woody hollow mentioned by the boy, Elena sent forth many an anxious look beneath the deep shade, while Paolo, sometimes silent, and at others whistling and singing loudly as if to overcome his fears peeped under every bow that crossed the road expecting to discover his friends the carmelites lurking within its gloom having emerged from this valley the road lay over mountains covered with flocks for it was now the season when they had quitted the plains of apulia to feed upon the herbage for which this region is celebrated and it was near sunset when from a summit to which the travellers had long been ascending the whole lake of Solano, with its vast circle of mountains, burst at once upon their view. "'Ah, senor!' exclaimed Paolo. "'What a prospect is here! It reminds me of home. It is almost as pleasant as the Bay of Naples. I should never love it like that, though, if it were a hundred times finer.' The travellers stopped to admire the scene, and to give their horses rest after the labour of the ascent the evening sun shooting athwart a clear expanse of water between eighteen and twenty leagues in circumference lighted up all the towns and villages and towered castles and spiry convents that enriched the rising shores brought out all the various tints of cultivation and colored with beamy purple the mountains which on every side formed the majestic background of the landscape vivaldi pointed out to elena the gigantic valino in the north a barrier mountain between the territories of rome and naples its peaked head towered far above every neighboring summit and its white precipices were opposed to the verdant points of the magella snow-crowned and next in altitude loved by the Sox. westward near the woody hills and rising immediately from the lake appeared monte savriano covered with wild sage as its name imports and once pompous with forests of chestnuts a branch of the apamine extended to meet it see said vivaldi where monte corno stands like a ruffian huge feared threatening and horrid and in the north where the sullen mountain of san nicolo shoots up barren and rocky from in hence mark how other overtopping ridges of the mighty apparinine darken the horizon far along the east and to circle approach the vein in the north mark too said elena how sweetly the banks and undulating plains repose at the feet of the mountains what an image of beauty and elegance they oppose to the awful grandeur that overlooks and guards them observe too how many a delightful valley opening from the lake spreads its rice and cornfields shaded with groves of the almond far among the winding hills how gaily vineyards and olives alternately checker the anclivities and how gracefully the lofty palms bend over the higher cliffs ay senor exclaimed paolo and have the goodness to observe how like are the fishing-boats that sail towards the hamlet below to those one sees upon the bay of naples they are worth all the rest of the prospect except indeed this fine sheet of water which is almost as good as the bay and that mountain with its sharp head which is almost as good as vesuvius if it would but throw out fire we must despair of finding a mountain in this neighbourhood so good as to do that paolo said vivaldi smiling at this stroke of nationality 
though perhaps many that we now see have once been volcanic. I honor them for that, senor, and look at them with double satisfaction. But our mountain is the only mountain in the world, oh, to see it of a dark night. What a blazing it makes, and what a height it will shoot to, and what a light it throws over the sea. No other mountain can do so. It seems as if the waves were all on fire. I have seen the reflection as far off as Capri, trembling all across the gulf and shewing every vessel as plain as at noonday. Aye, and every sailor on the deck. You never saw such a light, senor. Why do you indeed seem to have forgotten that I ever did, Paolo, and also that a volcano can do any mischief? But let us return, Elena, to the scene before us. Yonder, a mile or two within the shore, is the town of Solano, whither we are going. The clearness of an Italian atmosphere permitted him to discriminate the minute, though very distant features of the landscape, and, on an eminence rising from the plains of a valley opening to the west, he pointed out the modern Alba, crowned with the ruins of its ancient castle, still visible upon the splendor of the horizon, the prison and tomb of many a prince, who, fallen from his high estate, was sent from imperial Rome to finish here the sad reverse of his days, to gaze from the bars of his tower upon solitudes where beauty or grandeur administered no assuaging feelings to him, whose life had passed amidst the intrigues of the world, and the feverish contentions of disappointed ambition, to him with whom reflection brought only remorse, and anticipation despair, whom no horizontal beam enlivened in the crimson evening of life's dusty day. And to such a scene as this, said Vivaldi, a Roman emperor came only for the purpose of witnessing the most barbarous exhibition, to indulge the most savage delights. Here, Claudius celebrated the accomplishment of his arduous work, an aqueduct to carry the overflowing waters of the Solano to Rome, by a naval fight in which hundreds of wretched slaves perished for his amusement. Its pure and polished surface was stained with human blood, and roughened by the plunging bodies of the slain, while the gilded galleys of the emperor floated gaily around and these beautiful shores were made to echo with applauding yells worthy of the furies we scarcely dare to trust the truth of history in some of its straits of human nature said elena senor cried paolo i have been thinking that while we are taking the air so much at our ease here those carmelites may be spying at us from some hole or corner that we know nothing of and may swoop upon us all of a sudden before we can help ourselves had we not better go on senor our horses are perhaps sufficiently rested replied vivaldi but if i had not long since dismissed all suspicion of the evil intention of those strangers i should not willingly have stopped for a moment but pray let us proceed said elena ay senora it is best to be of the safe side observed paolo yonder below is solano and i hope we shall get safe housed there before it is quite dark for we have no mountain that will light us on our way ah if we were but within twenty miles of naples now and it was an illumination night as they descended the mountain elena silent and dejected abandoned herself to reflection she was too sensible of the difficulties of her present situation 
and too apprehensive of the influence which her determination must have on all her future life to be happy though escaped from the prison of san stefano and in the presence of vivaldi her beloved deliverer and protector he observed her dejection with grief and not understanding all the finer scruples that distressed her interpreted her reserve into indifference towards himself but he forbore to disturb her again with a mention of his doubts or fears and he determined not to urge the subject of his late entreaties till he should have placed her in some secure asylum where she might feel herself at perfect liberty to accept or reject his proposal by accepting with an honour so delicate he unconsciously adopted a certain means of increasing her esteem and gratitude and deserved them the more since he had to endure the apprehension of losing her by the delay thus occasioned to their nuptials they reached the town of salano before the evening closed when vivaldi was requested by elena to inquire for a convent where she might be lodged for the night he left her at the inn with paolo for her guard and proceeded on his search the first gate he knocked upon belonged to a convent of carmelites it appeared probable that the pilgrims of that order who had occasioned him so much disquietude were honest brothers of this house but as it was probable also that they were emissaries of the abbess of san stefano and came to salano they would take up their lodging with a society of their own class in preference to that of any other vivaldi thought it prudent to retire from their gates without making himself known he passed on therefore and soon after arrived at a convent of dominicans where he learned that there were only two houses of nuns in salano and that these admitted no other boarders than permanent ones vivaldi returned with this intelligence to elena who endeavoured to reconcile herself to the necessity of remaining where she was but paolo ever active and zealous brought intelligence that a little fishing town at some distance on the bank of the lake was a convent of ursulines remarkable for their hospitality to strangers the obscurity of so remote a place was another reason for preferring it to salano and vivaldi proposing to remove thither if elena was not too weary to proceed she readily assented and they immediately set off it happens to be a fine night said paolo as they left salano and so senor we cannot well lose our way besides they say there is but one the town we are going to lies yonder on the edge of the lake about a mile and a half off i think i can see a grey steeple or two a little to the right of that wood where the water gleams so no paolo replied vivaldi after looking attentively i perceive what you mean but those are not the points of steeples they are only the tops of some tall cypresses pardon me senor they are too tapering for trees that must surely be the town this road however will lead us right for there is no other to puzzle us as they say this cool and balmy air revives me said elena and what a soothing shade prevails over the scene how softened yet how distinct is every near object how sweetly dubious the more removed ones while the mountains beyond character themselves sublimely upon the still glowing horizon observe too said vivaldi how their broken summits tipped with the beams that have set to our lower region exhibit the portraiture of towers and castles and embattled ramparts which seem designed to guard them against the enemies that may come by the clouds yes replied elena 
the mountains themselves display a sublimity that seems to belong to a higher world their besiegers ought not to be of this earth they can only be spirits of the air they can be nothing else senor said paolo for nothing of this earth can reach them see lady they have some of the qualities of your spirits too see how they change their shapes and colours as the sunbeams sink and now how grey and dim they grow see but how fast they vanish everything reposes said vivaldi who would willingly travel in the day when italy has such nights as this Signor, that is the town before us said paolo for now i can discern plain enough the spires of convents and there goes a light ha ha and there is a bell too chiming from one of the spires the monks are going to mass would we were going to supper signor that chime is nearer than the place you point to paolo and i doubt whether it comes from the same quarter hark signor the air wafts the sound and now it is gone again yes i believe you are right paolo and that we have not far to go the travellers descended the gradual slopes toward the shore and paolo some time after exclaimed see signor where another light glides along see it is reflected on the lake i hear the faint dashing of waves now said elena and the sound of oars too but observe paolo the light is not in the town it is in the boat that moves yonder now it retreats and trembles in a lengthening line upon the waters said vivaldi we have been too ready to believe what we wish and have yet far to go the shore they were approaching formed a spacious bay for the lake immediately below dark woods seemed to spread along the banks and ascend among the cultivated slopes towards the mountains except where here and there cliffs bending over the water were distinguished through the twilight by the whiteness of their limestone precipices within the bay the town became gradually visible lights twinkled between the trees appearing and vanishing like the stars of a cloudy night and at length was heard the melancholy song of boatmen who were fishing near the shore other sounds soon after struck the ear oh what merry notes exclaimed paolo they make my heart dance see si, signora there is a group footing it away so gaily on the bank of the lake yonder by those trees oh what a merry set would i were among them that is i mean if you maestro and the signora were not here well corrected paolo it is a festival i fancy observed vivaldi these peasants of the lake can make the moments sly as gaily as the voluptuaries of the city it seems oh what merry music repeated paolo ah how often i have footed it as joyously on the beach at naples after sunset of a fine night like this with such a pleasant fresh breeze to cool one ah there are none like the fishermen of naples for a dance by moonlight how lightly they do trip it oh if i was but there now that is i mean if you maestro and signora were there too <laughs> oh what merry notes we thank you good signor paolo said vivaldi and i trust we shall all be there soon when you shall trip it away with as joyous a heart as the best of them the travellers now entered the town which consisted of one street straggling along the margin of the lake 
and having inquired for the ursuline convent were directed to its gates the portress appeared immediately upon the ringing of the bell and carried a message to the abbess who as quickly returned an invitation to elena she alighted and followed the portress to the parlour while vivaldi remained at the gate till he should know whether she approved of her new lodging a second invitation induced him also to alight he was admitted to the grate and offered refreshment which however he declined staying to accept as he had yet a lodging to seek for the night the abbess on learning the circumstance courteously recommended him to a neighbouring society of benedictines and desired him to mention her name to the abbot vivaldi then took leave of elena and though it was only for a few hours he left her with dejection and with some degree of apprehension for her safety which though circumstances could not justify him in admitting he could not entirely subdue she shared his dejection but not his fears when the door closed after him and she found herself once more among strangers the forlornness of her feelings could not be entirely overcome by the attentions of the abbess and there was a degree of curiosity and even of scrutiny expressed in the looks of some of the sisters which seemed more than was due to a stranger from such examination she eagerly escaped to the apartment allotted for her and to the repose from which she had so long been withheld vivaldi meanwhile had found a hospitable reception with the benedictines whose sequestered situation made the visit of a stranger a pleasurable novelty to them in the eagerness of conversation and yielding to the satisfaction which the mind receives from exercising ideas that have long slept in dusky indolence and to the pleasure of admitting new ones the abbot and a few of the brothers sat with vivaldi to a late hour when at length the traveller was suffered to retire other subjects than those which had interested his host engaged his thoughts and he resolved the means of preventing the misery that threatened him in a serious separation from elena now that she was received into a respectable asylum every motive for silence upon this topic was done away he determined therefore that on the following morning he would urge all his reasons and entreaties for an immediate marriage and among the brothers of the benedictine he had little doubt of prevailing with one to solemnize the nuptials which he believed would place his happiness and elena's peace beyond the influence of malignant possibilities End of chapter 13 Reading by Marty Criss